0: Well, if Ben came to my office, he did something pretty wrong, and we used paddling back then. Yeah. And I had two big beach ball uh, paddles glued, glued together, so it was a lot of fear and one whack usually, so anyway, a lot of mercy and grace in the midst of judgment. So anyway, um, I want to start today with a public service announcement, and that is that this is, I believe, the second time only that I've ever had the privilege of preaching a sermon, opening the Word of God from a church pulpit in a worship service. So I thank you, Ben, for the opportunity. And um, I wanted to share with you some thoughts today, as Ben has kind of alluded to, the topic of prayer, much similar. And this is much similar to what I shared in my first sermon in June um, 2007. So I'm a one servant man. So, and here, but uh, all I think everybody else was on vacation that day, and I was the, the, the last one standing. But um, I, I believe this what I'm sharing today is essential to our Christian life. It's been essential to me, and I wish to grow in it, and I hope today will encourage you to grow in this. Uh, we have a command to pray, uh, and it, it's summarized in lots of places, but one place is very summarizing and a challenging verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. That's a really short verse. It's a little bit longer than the shortest verse in the Bible, which is? Jesus wept. Okay, great. This has three words, powerful words. They convey a most important and crucial command for a healthy Christian's life, and I will say, for a healthy church's life. Here it is pray without ceasing. Now, you know, how often do we come close to even obeying that command? It's sitting there, it's convicting, it's very important. So, this is a moment of just being honest. Even fathers here today, it's a good day to be honest. By a show of hands, who knows well that you've, you fall short of coming close to obeying this command. It's two hands. You know, like the, the night that Jesus died, the apostles, they were prone to sleep. They were, they were dozing rather than entering into the joy and consistent practice of, of prayer Jesus told them to. They didn't. We're like that. The goal of today's sermon is to try to help us see that this command, pray without ceasing, by God's grace, can be more easily achieved. Can, there's a reality, can become a reality in our lives. Ephesians uh, 3.20 gives us great hope when we pray for things that seem really almost impossible to happen. It says they there, More than all we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. And, and God wants us to pray. And he can help us beyond what we ask or think. Now, my personal history with prayer is kind of strange. Um, in the first 20 years of my life, uh, prayer to me meant the rote uh, recitation of memorized prayers, the Lord's Prayer. You'll tell, you can tell my background when I say the next prayer that I say the most of, probably in my whole life, Hail Marys, um, and uh, you know, grace before meals, and uh, that kind of prayer. And that's what I meant by saying my prayers. Prayer was something to say to God by rote, the right thing to do, and maybe God would be impressed in a favorable way. I really didn't believe there was a, con- a connection between what I said and what God might, how God might respond. Except there was one kind of prayer that I kind of believed in then. It was prayers to saints. Uh, they were specialists, kind of, in moving God's hand. There was one in particular, my favorite. Some of you, I'm going to ask just for a show of hands for fun. St. Anthony. Please, you know, here was, anybody know who he is? He was a patron saint of lost articles, okay? And when I lost a baseball in my backyard, we had bushes I would go and, and other things I lost. Dear St. Anthony, please come around. Something is lost and has to be found. And St. Anthony usually worked. That was the weirdest thing. No, kind of. And um, anyway, but the concept of asking God for things and helping, you know, and, and help or praising Him for things and really expecting Him to answer a prayer of mine, that was a foreign thought to me. You know, I believed more in knock on woods, cross your fingers. Good luck. I made the sign of the cross every time I went to bat. I had a good batting average in baseball, and every time I had a foul shot, I made the sign of the cross. That was a prayer to God to help me out here a little bit. But you know, today my thoughts hopefully are different than that. And they are. Um, they're a little bit more like a movie, Facing the Giants, which is a long time ago. I don't know if anybody's seen it. How many of you ever seen that thing? You know, oh wow, okay, I'm talking to the right crowd. Um, you know. Uh, there were there were lots of answers to prayer, and, and you know there's prayer. They prayed for salvation for people, for granting a baby to a couple that was childless, pay raises, even football games, football victories. And the truth that, that you know God does hear and answers us is biblical. It's encouraging, and uh, it's a new, It was a new thought to me, uh, and people like myself who knew nothing about the Bible and about the biblically gracious God of the Bible. So anyway, I'd like to introduce a thought today to encourage your prayers, my prayers, today, tomorrow, and in the future. And it might. this probably might not be new to many of you here, but I hope it'll be a helpful reminder and a motivation for act, action in all of our lives. And um, here's, the, here's the thought, and I believe a teaching in Scripture. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the entire trinity is at work and in motion when it comes to us and our prayer. Prayer is the evidence of God's, God at work in our lives. Prayer is a gift of grace. So the Trinity is kind of what my core teaching is. The Trinity is active, and I kind of like to illustrate that with Scripture, to remind us that we're, it's not just us. God is active in promoting our prayer life and actually... Prayer also, praying also. So here we go. Here's, a, here's some scriptures on the, about this. In and, and John 17, this is going to be the lengthy, and I think this is key because this is Jesus' priest, high priestly prayer. Most We all know this. We've seen this at the Last Supper. And, and just here's what Jesus prayed, just a good reminder for all of us. And he's praying for his followers. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone, the the apostles there and early Christians. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. These are key things he's praying for. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as you are one, as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved me even as you have loved me. You You have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, great prayers for Father's Day. Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. There's some highlights there uh, in, in that prayer. you know, who is God? Who is Jesus bringing before the Father, His disciples? You know, all of us who have become believers since, since the original 11. Here we are. That prayer has been answered. We're, we're part of the answer to that prayer. And he meant this prayer. Do you think the Father was listening? Yeah. Do you trust that this prayer is for New City church today? In, in Jesus' almighty, and amazing, infinite wisdom, he probably had us in mind even today, helping me to stand before you today, nervous as all could be. He's here. He's with us. He knows what's going on and what will come on. And Jesus cared and prayed that night for his chosen disciples and his future church. That is humbly to say... The least, but here it gets even better about this Trinity thing and and, and their involvement with prayer. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, is not now in 2021 playing the harp. He's not eating angel food cake in heaven. Uh, The devil's food in hell. The Father has not retired since Jesus' death, the resurrection or or ascension. So Jesus is still active. The Father is not retired. The Holy Spirit. He's not content to wait around passively watching things on earth until the second coming of Christ They're active. They're they're involved in prayer Listen to these things from Romans 8 The rest of the scripture I'm going to read is mostly from Romans 8 Tremendous chapter. I encourage you to read it um, on your own later on again and again It describes the Trinity's activity right now in our lives And truths that should move and motivate us in our prayer So let's start. We'll start with the Holy Spirit here it is: Romans eight fourteen to seventeen. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the Spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the Spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit helps us to cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. So when you pray to the Lord, here, anywhere, as your Father in praise, sometimes in desperation, we talked to Him about, in joy, gratitude, or like this morning in, in heartfelt song, that's the Holy Spirit moving in you. Not like, we're not like a ventriloquist dummy or anything like that. It's a, but as a convinced um, adopted son or daughter of the creator of the world, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is actively providing grace for us to communicate with God. Think about that. We're in a spiritual world surrounded by things that happen with God involved. We've got to open our eyes and ask God to help us do that. Do you, do you, how many here would say that you sometimes feel that your prayers to the Lord are feeble you're poorly worded you're, you're off the mark you're too brief you're selfish maybe I'm thinking I'm praying to the ceiling do you ever do that where you say am I really praying to God or otherwise not worthy to be heard by the almighty father how many of you have you're doubting it's, a, it's who we are But listen to what Romans eight twenty six to 27 says about the Holy Spirit what he does with our prayers no matter what shape they seem to be in. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he, I love this part, he who searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. You get that? The Holy Spirit screens our prayers. He edits our requests. He amplifies our inadequate praises. He rewords our confessions. He fills in our blanks. And just like a mother's love will translate her kindergarten's child's scribbled handwriting into epic love poetry, the Holy Spirit does the same thing, maximizes our imperfect words into welcome communication with our Heavenly Father. We must never underestimate the value of our conversations with our Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our divine interpreter. Let's take it just a moment. If you don't mind, I don't, I don't know if I've ever done this or seen this, but would you take a moment just thank God for the Holy Spirit? Just it, it quietly, we'll, we'll, and uh, we won't turn into prayer meeting right now, but we could. Let's just pray for a second. Thank the Holy Spirit for what he does with your prayers. Amen. Okay, that's the Holy Spirit in the Trinity, his activity, very active. He's got a lot of fixing to do in my prayers, and he does. What about our Father God? As I mentioned, you know, our, our imperfect prayers are sanitized by the Holy Spirit and they reach you know, God's ears in really good shape. But the more we're aware of the Father's uh, 24-7 disposition to his children, whether you're three, 103 or 969 Methuselah the more eager we should be to flood God with prayer. Here's what Romans 8, verses 23 to 31 says about our Father God's involvement in our prayer. It's a little more subtle, but it's there. Not subtle. It just needs some explanation. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? All those amazing things, these big words that we've been taught and are all true, and here it is. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, How will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? So our Heavenly Father, he he patiently loves believers in Christ. We're his adopted children. And here's, I'm kind of summarizing what that scripture said. He picks us, he predestines us, he calls us to faith, he forgives us, he changes us to become more like his son. And the greatest proof of his commitment to his children is you and me, if you're a believer in Christ and his commitment to meet our needs, is stated right there, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So if God gave his son as a sacrifice for us, will he hesitate to bless us in lesser things? Will, will he dislike listening to our praises or... Won't he be interested with a willing ear when we approach him with our sorrows or our confessions? Brothers and sisters, the father paid an enormous price for us by sacrificing his one and only son. And so surely the father must also really, really care about all the aspects of our lives. He has the ultimate in a listening ear. He's an overly generous father and he'll give us everything we need. He does indeed listen to us, and he joyfully, not hesitatingly, answers our prayer. So that brings us to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father. What does Jesus do as regards prayer? That, and Jesus, the third person of, our, of the Trinity, Jesus was a walking prayer machine. I mean, you read Scripture, it's unbelievable. The one who you would think needed prayers the least prayed the most. That's an that's a unbelievable truth. What did he pray for? I mean, why did he have, you know, he did. Jesus prayed primarily for his disciples, like that John 17 scripture, and throughout his life. He also prayed for himself that he would honor his father by accomplishing everything the father had sent him to do. And, you know, he prayed that he would be able to go through, even up to the very end, help me to do what I came here to do, to die for these people. Imagine him having to ask that. Should we not have to ask some things? That, oh, my goodness. And, you know, but besides all he did while on earth 2,000 years ago, he's still really busy right now in the praying business. He is seated. I've got to read the scripture here. Listen to this. Who will, this is verse 33 in Romans 8. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. What is Jesus doing now? He is interceding with the Father for us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's seated as close as he he can get to the most privileged position at the right hand of the Father, and like John 17, He is now praying His high priestly prayer nonstop on our behalf. You know, you, you just hear what He's saying. I mean, I can't imagine what I can. I can't imagine too much what He's praying for me, too many times. But praise the Lord, He knows us inside and out. He knows us better than you know. Then His prayers don't have to get screened by the Holy Spirit. By the way, that would be heresy. He's, he's all set. But I want to read that again, if you don't mind. that, that, that The uh, high priestly prayer, I know this is redundant. But the things he prayed for, just, this would be a good prayer list for us. He was praying for the church. There must be pretty good things to pray about. And just keep that in mind. Now just don't think about what he was praying. Think about what we might be praying. And this was his the John 17 again. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them. From the evil one. That, that goes very well with what we had with the little kids sermon today. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them, us, into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. Again, he was talking about his Folks, right there, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Is that not what the gospel is? That's the big one right there, that we would do that. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know. Here it is again, that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. And that I myself may be in them. Could, could that—that's unbelievable! What a great outline for prayer, um, right there. So, um, you know, we've got a, we've got a great prayer team in our support, the Trinity, and we're part of that team. And the Trinity assists us in our own prayer. We do not pray alone. And um, you know, this First uh, Thessalonians seventeen—it's God's will for us. And uh, we need to we need to pray. We need to pray without ceasing as often as possible. And um, we can't let the Trinity do it all. Okay, uh, it could be that way, but you know we are just like a child. You know, we make we're to make our contribution with our heart and soul, and He helped the, the Trinity helps us. You know, a child will build a sandcastle or. or He'll mix the, a clay batter to help the mom, or he hammers. we have them hammer a nail with a plastic, plastic hammer. Kind of inferior tools, but it's, 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 it's what the Lord wants us to do. We're not on the par with Christ, except in Christ, he listens to us. We've got a high, free highway to the Lord's heart. So, um, you know, how do we pray without ceasing? Um, with the Lord's assistance. So I, I'd like to give some practical applications. None of us will do most of these or all of these or whatever, but there's going to be a few of these that may encourage you personally and, and we need to pray for each other. And, and there's, this is not an exhaustive list, of course. But, you know, I'll, I call these practical everyday prayer triggers, reminders. What are things that would lead you to prayer? Sometimes it's it's a habit in the morning or something like that, but even more, the the just the twenty four the twenty four hour day pray without ceasing thing, kind of like to share some things w- along those lines, um, and some of these are personal that the Lord I think has helped me with in the last last few years. Uh, one of my favorites is nature. Nothing new here. If you analyze hymns, you'll find half of them talk about praising God for nature. That is, this is throughout the history of the church. It's amazing. When I started thinking of this for myself, I said, man, there's a lot of other people who got, got off and thought about the Lord and prayed often because of animals, their variety, their complexity, their instincts. How does that bird know how to build a nest? How beautiful. I, I get off on sandhill uh, sand cranes. I mean, I, I don't know why I see them. When I go painting, I tend to go by the mother, the father, and a lot of times a baby, and I—that's—that's I, that's my up Thank you, Lord, for that beautiful animal and and et cetera. What? Do you, there's pl- plenty of things l- like that. Um, appreciate you know animals as from God and how did just the instincts He's given them. You know all of creation: the sky, the mountains, the moon, the sunset. And this is going to sound a little weird, but. Think about your body for a while, as, as much as you may not like parts of it. The amazing things that our body is, the things that go on, the healing. That cracks, that kills me. I, I'm gonna, I, I didn't plan to say this, but I'm going to say it real quick. I bite my nails. I can't, I bite the cuticles. It's been since seventh grade. I can't, I never can go through a month without doing it, and then I stop. How many have that problem? A few. Okay. <laughs> It always heals. The right skin comes back. I don't get foot skin on my nails. I'm so glad of that. It, the Lord's, our body is amazing. Turning the food into every, everything you need. It's, thank God, you have a million things to thank God and you don't have to leave home. Just look in the mirror if you care to do that. But it, thank the Lord. Creation. Our heartbeat. I wrote uh, your eyes, the healing process. Okay, other triggers could be. People, people you know and love, people passing by, your friends or relatives, think about them as a, as a prayer, not a prayer object, that's terrible, but they have needs. Think, of, think about them, pray for them. Even if you drive past somebody on the road and you don't know who they are, Lord, bring that person to Christ. Does he hear that? He does. Who knows if that's, there's 20 other people doing that. The Lord's going to, what, you, what, you, what you're in the middle of, you're, we're all in the middle of his sanctification, salvation process, we need to realize that He's made us, His ambassadors. We're, we're tied in with the Lord in ways we don't really realize. Pray that Jesus' high priestly prayer. The Psalms, they're all prayers. Grab them, make them personalized. And I'm sure a lot of people, you're all are doing that already a lot. But you can't read a psalm too much and personalize it. It's not just David, it's it's us, or it's not just the psalmist. Current events. There's plenty to pray about there. Pray, pray for. Your people that are heroes, people that you don't like, pray for salvation for some people in in the news or whatever, pray for the news, but ask the Lord, talk to him about that instead of, like I do too often, complain about stuff. Um, And there's four types of prayer. Don't forget, it's not just asking. I'm talking a lot about asking, but it's praising God. It's confession, ask for forgiveness often, and when it's a little thing, oh Lord, forgive me for that," You know, don't have to be a long 20-minute prayer. Talk to him. supplication. Um, there's a book I, I've, been, I've read with uh, uh, a missionary of uh, his encouragement. The guy's name is John Smed, Prayer Revolution. And I'm just mentioning that, not so you go out and buy the book, although, boy, it's worth it. Um, but he's a tr- PCA church planner. He's He supervised ch- church planning in the U.S. Do you know about him, Ben? John Smith, you probably do. Um, you know, he he, uh, he advises pastors with this, that we need to depend on God for strength. He causes growth in ourselves individually, and without and 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 church planning, he said, the goal of a church planning is the people who come to Christ. The whole church, individuals in the church, need to be a praying church. He was like his book written for this group right here. It is not going to grow because Ben's a good preacher. It's going to grow because God is going to use it and bless us. And we have to be on our knees to pray people in. And when they could become Christians, make prayer people out of them as well. That sounds to te- make them. But that's it. We're to pray without ceasing. And that's where the, it's not us. It's him. I'm scared to death to be up here and say, Lord, just use me a little bit. You know, we need to do that. Forget who we are. Remember who he is. And um, he, will, he will do the work. That's his whole book. And he uses the Lord's Prayer um, and they, the, eight, the eight things to pray for in that uh, that are all kingdom-oriented. Uh, it's really good. I, I, I don't want to say anymore. I'll be here too long. But it's really, anyway, so we need to pray always. And here's one last one. And this is, this. there's been times where this is my favorite prayer trigger if you want. I need to do it more. But as... When you see someone today, what can I pray for you about? If it's a believer, it doesn't even have to be a believer. If you have a contact with someone, you'd be surprised how many non-believers will be surprised. But there's that person who really believes in God, and he thinks he can do something about my marriage. Or It's amazing what people, and you pray for them. And that could be the intro to salvation, but it also... And then pray at that moment. Take a second. It doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer. You know, Don't just say, yeah, I'll pray about that. And I do it all the time. I'm just saying there's another way of making prayer real. And, and um, with a prayer without ceasing, there's, there's, there's some ways that we have to be able to do that by God's grace, he said to do it. So anyway, last but not least, I just mentioned, make a list. I have not done this. I am confessing sin in front of you. Who are the people you're praying for, the things you're praying for? And the joy of that is, I've done a little of it, when you get an answer to prayer, oh my gosh, God did it. It just multiplies our faith. multiplies our wish, our wanting to pray more. The Lord uses that. So, um, and there's much more. But anyway, I'd like to just close uh, with just saying that, you know, we need to pray. That the Lord would bless us with a great desire to pray. That it would grow in each one of us. It would grow in us as a church. That the that the eight to ten prayer people at nine fifteen in our church that that group would grow to forty to fifty, and that would be, create some very interesting nice problems to solve. That would be problems Ben would love to solve, um, I think. Uh, but we need consider praying uh, with you know more and more. Let me let me close in prayer if that's all right.